Hi, everyone. This is Shannon Waller here, and welcome to the latest special edition of the Team Success Podcast. Now, this is an extended version because I have, for the very first time, someone that I'm interviewing named Emily Morgan, and I, you are going to be absolutely delighted to meet her. She's a very cool, very special person for several reasons. So just to introduce Emily, because she's someone that I've gotten to know really well, and she actually experienced Strategic Coach several different ways. First of all, she went through the Strategic Assistant Program which I think is great as part of her role of someone who was supporting a really talented, successful entrepreneur as a virtual assistant. One of the reasons why I'm excited about interviewing Emily is because I've talked to so many people about the challenges and the opportunities of working with a virtual team. And since, as you well know, I am very passionate about teamwork of all different kinds, finding an expert in the field to me is just gold. So Emily, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. So excited to be here. Thank you. Now, the other thing I'm excited about is Emily is also a client of Strategic Coach, and Emily has progressed way past where she started from there and has actually created a company of virtual strategic support team members that all operate remotely. So she's someone who's experienced this world and been in it on both sides and actually created a whole organization around supporting the need that she saw out there in the marketplace for really talented people. So she'll share that with us as we go along. So Emily, just to get started, I want to make sure that like, do you justice and go through a little bit of your background and really kind of explain some of your history. So I'm going to read a little bit of your biography, if that's okay. And then if you could add to that, I think that would be great. Okay? Yes. So if I'm going to introduce Emily, uh, Emily helps entrepreneurs and executives strategically clear their plate so they can focus on what they love. That sounds a lot like unique ability to me. She's the founder of Delegate Solutions, a strategic support firm, and the designer of the Delegate Method I love the sounds of that, which helps entrepreneurs identify areas of their business that they can delegate or automate for maximum efficiencies. She and her company have helped hundreds of entrepreneurs master delegation, yay, and design systems to support and grow their awesome businesses. This year alone, her team cleared nearly 8,000 hours of tasks off the plates of overwhelmed business owners. Now you know why I want to talk to her. So Emily speaks nationally on the topic of virtual business. She's been featured in the New York Times, NBC News, and Martha Stewart Radio, and was recruited to develop a leading virtual assistant training program for an East Coast College consortium, where she personally developed two courses on virtual entrepreneurship. So that's a lot. <laughs> but what else do we need to know about you? So tell us a little bit more about Emily. Yeah, a little bit about me. So my background, I actually started as an assistant for many years, worked in support roles. And when I was pregnant with my son, I learned about the virtual assistant industry. And at that point in my life, I was really looking for an opportunity to not have to commute in and out of the city every day. And I soon learned that I could basically take the skills that I already had and the responsibilities I had and provide them remotely. So that's sort of how I got started with the company. And then we just kept growing and growing. And we kept adding more team members and more clients. At this point, my role has now shifted to really CEO and sort of visionary around what's going on with the company. And beyond that, I like to also say, like, my role is chief problem solver because I get all the problems that <laughs> we have to deal with every day. I like that. It, I actually gave that title to someone earlier this morning. So I, I think that's powerful. And what's great is, and I'm sure you're able to solve problems so well, is because you've been on that side. Now, yeah. the other thing is you also yourself have a quote-unquote virtual assistant. Is that right? I have a couple, yes, actually. <laughs> I have three. <laughs> wow. Three on our team, yeah. Okay, great. So thank you very much, Emily. I appreciate the background. So that, to me, is just enormous credibility. 
Thank so you. that's awesome. And the other thing is you have some strategic coach clients as clients of yours. We do, yeah. We love strategic coach clients because they're very focused on their goals, and that's really how we work best with clients. That is fantastic. Okay, we'll talk more about that. So one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast with you is because I am very clear on the value of unique ability, about leveraging unique ability, about the power of being supported by people whose skills and talents are complementary to ours. And there are a lot of different ways of delegating and a lot of different ways of getting support. So one of the things I'd like to do today is to explore more of those options and also talk about how it works virtually. Remotely is another term that we'll be using because the term virtual assistant, as you and I have talked about before, Emily, is kind of commoditized now. And really, so many of our clients, at least, are so mobile that at that point, virtual is kind of, they're not pretend they're real. (laughs) They just move around a lot. And so mobile is almost another word we could use. So how is it that you can be supported and really well supported when you're moving around or a moving target, as I like to say, and how that can work really, really well with someone who's not actually physically beside you? So when I think about support and delegation, I think about an in-person support person. So that's usually an executive assistant that works with someone. And then other types, there's part-time people, there's full-time. And then in terms of the virtual world, when I was doing some research on this, in terms of quote-unquote virtual assistants, there's the on-demand kind. And that's something like Fancy Hands who does just a few tasks. I think it's $5 a task for a maximum of five tasks at one of their levels, and then you can increase that as well. So that's a very transactional type thing just to leverage small activities. Then you can have a dedicated person. Virtual is one thing I've heard of. And then there's also a whole other level, which is really what your organization does, which is where you have someone who knows you extremely well and is actually focused on helping you accomplish your goals, which is how you've talked about Delegate Solutions. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on when people should use what kind of service. So if you're looking for this, then do that. Or if you want something else, then do this instead. So I'd love to get your perspective as really an industry expert about how people should think about being supported, and what kind of solution might be best for them? Sure. Yeah, I think we should start maybe from the easiest entry point, which is probably the pay-per-task, I believe you call it transactional support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think delegation is important no matter which level you come in at. So just getting yourself in the habit of delegation, that's an easy entree into having some kind of support. The interesting part around the transactional delegation is really that it's task-driven and it really is dependent on you identifying any reasonable tasks that you feel like you could hand off to someone else. So that's how I would basically describe transactional. So the onus is very much on you to figure out what to delegate. Is that right? Yeah, there's absolutely no strategy at this level. It's really just, hey, I need a dinner reservation tomorrow night in New York you can delegate that, right? Right, And, and that's good practice to kind of get into the mindset of, of being a delegator, <laughs> which, mm-hmm. is, which is we, we support that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> then the next level that you kind of mentioned was, I think, where my company falls into play, which is sort of on demand but a little bit more strategic. In this scenario, I can speak to what we do. We work strategically with clients to identify areas of their business that they can delegate. We start by understanding what their goals are and then develop a plan of attack of how we're going to help them accomplish those goals by clearing things off their plate. This is much more of a, you said, transformational relationship, which Mm -hmm. I think is really accurate. This could be very easy to get started, so on-demand is definitely 
the right word to use. There's a lower commitment at this level because you're not dealing with employee overhead or hiring and training. Like, that's all happening internally, at least at my company. Mm -hmm. So it's quick start, but it's also strategic. I like that. I kind of got inspired by this whole process a few years ago when Tim Ferriss came out with his book called The 4-Hour Workweek. And I was totally pumped. I was like, great. I had trial the stuff. And he included tons of websites. And I think I got connected with Your Man in India, mm-hmm. which was interesting. But I, I was absolutely a miserable failure <laughs> using it. I did a couple of tasks. And of course, there are some great US-based or North American-based services as well. There, I don't know if they were there then. This was a while ago. And I couldn't figure out what to delegate. I just felt like a total idiot trying to do this. So that lasted about a month, at which point it had expired for both of us. Then I didn't go any further with it because it was one of those situations. And I'm all about delegation and teamwork, but could I figure out how to delegate? No, because by the time I could figure out a simple task, a transaction, I could have done it myself. Yeah, and we get a lot of clients coming in that are very overwhelmed and they say exactly what you said, which I don't even know where to even start. And I think that's where a more strategic team comes into play as opposed to just delegating a task. Mm -hmm. So in this scenario, you have a dedicated assistant that is sort of engaged in your business, understands what's going on, is kind of strategically looking ahead for ways that they can support you. So it's much more proactive type relationship. And relationship is another key word. With the task-driven model, you're lacking like a dedicated person, anyone that knows anything about your company. <laughs> mm-hmm. just really just tasks. If I'm about unique ability teamwork, I like to have someone know me because I don't know what I don't know. I need someone to give me direction about what they can take off my plate because I'm kind of like, ah, help. That's usually my hands are up in the air going, ah, I don't know what to do. I mean, I know your company does this and I presumably some other ones do as well. So what are some of the things that people can utilize? Let's just go with the dedicated support person. What are some of the things that you either as an assistant or your company does now? What are some of the things that you're able to leverage people with? What exactly are some of those activities? definitely different for everyone, and the matrix of what we do to support everyone differs, but just to give you some context around ideas, usually one of the first things to go is scheduling, so getting scheduling off your plate and having anyone that's communicating with you is scheduling via your assistant rather than you, and we can get to the point where your contacts are trained to contact the assistant and not even you, so that's going to cut down on your email. Mm, that sounds good already. <laughs> now, I know that when I'm coaching entrepreneurs, very, very, very successful people running very large companies, scheduling is one of those things that even if they can do it, even if they have the right Colby profile to do it, it's one of those things that people have a death grip on. It is because I think the commitment has to be there that you're going to honor what's on the calendar. That, to me, is the mental shift that needs to happen. I have a hard time with that myself. So it's more about us coaching you through how to set up your calendar properly so that we're scheduling in blocks during the day that you're comfortable with (laughs) and that you know that you're adding things to your calendar that you might normally have just remembered in your head, but now they're on the calendar. And then in relation to scheduling, we'll also do confirms. So if you have a meeting the next day, we can send email confirmations to make sure that that meeting's happening, which can save you a lot of time also. That's great. And then you don't have to take the time yourself to do that. Yeah, and the great thing about scheduling also is that's really a quick start thing. So we had a client that came to us that basically 
had a huge project starting up and he needed a scheduler to start the next day. So we have a series of questions around scheduling that we ask and we could get started on that, you know, really quickly. So that's an easy thing to start with. So one of the things that impresses me about what you just said is that you already have a process. So it sounds like you can get people up to speed really, really quickly. And for that person to have a lot of confidence that once they answer those questions, you have a very, very clear picture. So you used the word coaching earlier, too. You're good at extracting out of people all of that that kind of intrinsic knowledge that they have that sometimes that's what makes it hard to delegate is because we have all these little rules and premises in our head, but it's hard to get those out. But it sounds like your process allows you to do that. Yeah, I think we kind of have created and kind of perfected the experience around delegation. So we have a series of questions that we know we need the answers to in order to do the job. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that kind of helps. That's great. So what else in addition to scheduling do you find that you guys do for clients? So another one would be marketing automation. So getting your email blasts set up, sending them out, updating your blog posts, sending out your social media posts. That's an easy one to get started with. Doing expenses and invoicing. So if you're behind on collecting invoices from clients, we can go in and set up a system so that it's more automated. That's another thing we're always looking to do is automate wherever we can. Mm -hmm. That's an easy one. Another one that is hugely, hugely helpful is we provide personal concierge-type support. So, for example, I've just delegated to my assistant, I would like to sign my son up for gymnastics. So she basically researched where are the gymnastics programs in the area. She called and got the pricing. She set them up to go on the tour on Saturday. <laughs> so that's sort of like a personal example. Oh, I love that. That's very... <laughs> a whole new world just opened up in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> to us, it's, you know, it's... People say, oh, I'm not really sure. And, another, you know, this is another great thing about having a virtual assistant. There's no, like, awkwardness in the office around you delegating something personal to your assistant, right? It's just it's one big pot of time. We're going to leverage it as best we can. If personal requests are bogging you down, that's where we're going to start. That is an awesome, awesome point to make. Thank you. Mm, That's great. So one of the other things I was scouring your website for information before this interview. So you also have a technology set up in consulting. So what is that exactly? So that kind of falls in line with something I was going to bring up, which is we can help with process mapping and design and like task management and design. So it's basically understanding what's slowing you down in your business and then identifying tools that we could easily deploy to automate these different parts of your business. So, for example, say you can't keep track of your tasks. We can work with you to identify a task management tool and get you using it efficiently. Mm -hmm. So what is one of your favorite task management tools that you recommend? So we are all about Asana at this point. I think that has been a humongous solution for us. I found that a lot of the email overwhelm was happening from internal emails from my team. Mm. And what was happening is they were just getting lost in the shuffle of all the other things I needed to actually respond to. So now we're managing, instead of managing communication, we're managing tasks around different things going on in the business. We're managing that inside of Asana. So it allows you to create tasks, assign due dates and accountabilities, and have communication inside this tool around the task so it's not flooding your inbox. Mm, that's powerful. It's an excellent tool. <laughs> so that means you could actually start to see fewer emails. Yeah, and that's another project that we're working on as well is designing a system to delegate email. 
So I'm personally going through this myself with my assistant, and we're actually blogging about the entire process around what we're doing to reduce email, and using Asana is a humongous part of that. That's great. So your blog, by the way, is fabulous. So can you please... (laughs) It's awesome. So can you give people the address just so they can go track it down? Because I think it's so... I was reading it and getting inspired by email, delegating email, which I think is incredibly exciting opportunity. And so just share that so people can kind of know what they can learn from you. Sure. It's delegatesolutions.com slash news, N-E-W-S. That could not be simpler. (laughs) That's great. Thank you. So one of the things I wanted to know is you've made obviously a huge difference in people's lives. So I'd love to know either some stories or what part of it do you find most fulfilling and most satisfying to do the work that you and your team is doing? Thanks. Yeah. I think at our core, my team is comprised of helpers. We love to help people, especially entrepreneurs that are so inspired by what they're doing, but just so overwhelmed. So for us, the most rewarding part is really to develop a strategy around how we're going to support them and then see it come to fruition and then get to the point where we're back creating a new action plan around the things we're going to tackle next. And I imagine that kind of happens in layers. Is that right? Like they get rid of the biggest messes, how I like to think about it, and then they start probably get to much more so strategic things and things that you'd think would be harder to delegate, but actually you figure out a way to do that. Right. And so we then do a call with them and sort of revisit what are the goals, what are the challenges, and then identify a new set of delegation activities. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that we've talked about this earlier, but you have clients who've been with you for quite a long time. Yes. <laughs> Some since I first started. <laughs> and how long ago was that? Eight years. <laughs> wow. So this is clearly working for them. Yeah, I think it varies. So some clients, they get to the point where they could outgrow us. They have a need for a full-time person. It makes more sense for them to have a full-time person. And then there's others that are content with the level that they're at, and they've just come to rely on our support and can't imagine not having (laughs) us in their life at this point. So Yes, I think you would be considered addictive. (laughs) (laughs) That would be how we do it. All right. So when someone's thinking about, I want to go back to the technology point a little bit. So when someone's thinking about, first of all, being supported and then by being supported by someone who's remote as opposed to in front of them, I also want to talk about some do's and don'ts, but let's start with technology. So obviously if I'm going to have access to my calendar, security might be a concern, but how is it that you help people manage stuff? Because there's passwords and different systems. How does that work? So we use a couple different secure tools to collect passwords and credit cards and all of that. We also use Basecamp, which is an online project management tool, to keep track of the different passwords and logins for clients. Beyond that, I think you need to have a web-based system for this to work well. So if you're using Outlook on your computer, it would be a smart decision to get a web access type situation or start using Google Apps alternatively because mm-hmm. we need to be able to have access to what's going on. No kidding. So I think people will, if they're not already, become more technologically savvy as a result of working with you. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we had a client, I spoke to a strategic coach client actually yesterday, and he was telling me about the CRM system that we identified and set up for him, and he basically said that it was a huge touchdown in his business 
to even move to that level of technology and automation. Wow, that's awesome. And actually, on your website, when you talk about resources, you have to scroll down a few pages, just look at all of the different technologies that you use, which is pretty powerful. (laughs) That's appealing for me personally, because it's easy to get stuck in a rut of what I'm used to using. And and I know there's really new cool stuff out there, but I don't have the brain space at the moment to go and explore that. So when it becomes part of the process and I'm freed up from those things, that's actually quite appealing. I like that. Yeah, we essentially make recommendations of systems that could work. That's great. And then set them up for you. <laughs> Even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Now, is that something that all virtual assistants do, or is that something that you've kind of evolved into? I'm not sure. I can tell you that I believe that we have identified a lot of the challenges that people face with solo virtual systems and have tried to resolve them in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So the problem with the term virtual assistant is it's just, as you said, commoditized. It's just so ambiguous at this point. Our firm is really about executive support. There are some people that call themselves virtual assistants that are web designers. It just varies. So it sounds like the term has gotten really confusing. I believe so. Yeah, we're not using it anymore. (laughs) Yeah, which makes sense. And that's why I want to kind of bring in the remote term because you and I talked about that earlier. So I think that's kind of a neat way for me to think about it because I'm remote half the time. So why shouldn't my support be? (laughs) It's one way way to think about that. I was talking with my full-time support partner, Nicole. I said, you know, it'd be great. We could actually leverage you with some of this stuff, which would be kind of neat. So sometimes it's not one or the other. It's a combination of both. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I I think this ties into the third component of support that we didn't really cover yet, which is, you know, having a full-time executive assistant in your office. I definitely think there's a time and place for that and a need for that. We're not necessarily suggesting that you cut your key personnel, but we can definitely be an interesting supplement to what you might already have in place. So it's a different way of thinking about adding support to your business that is much less of a commitment much less of management responsibility on your part and a much less cost. I really like that. And I think often when people are going into a new part of their business where they know they need more support, but they're not quite sure how that new either product or service or company is going to do, and their investment needs to be in tune with the cash flow, that that is a fantastic option to have. Say, hey, I'm going to get some support that's reasonable and very time sensitive and take advantage of that as opposed to necessarily hiring a huge team at the outset. Yeah, or even just adding another body to your staff. We could come in and provide support for like 20% of what you would pay to have an FTE. So if you're not quite at FTE capacity, but you need really qualified support that could start right away and is managed and working remotely so you don't have to house them, this is a great option. That sounds brilliant. So I'm curious as to some of the do's and don'ts, because obviously you've worked with lots of clients and you have lots of experience. So you can probably give some very clear direction, at least I'm hoping that you can, I'm sure you can, (laughs) about if I'm a client, what are some things I absolutely do need to do to make this relationship a very successful one? And what are some don'ts? And I imagine the first one is I have to communicate (laughs) would be be one of them. (laughs) So what are some of the do's and don'ts that you've discovered after lots of trial and error, lots of experimentation with clients? Sure. So we have a couple kind of best practices around delegation. The first is to be really clear around your expectation when you delegate something to somebody. So that's why a tool like Asana is fantastic because you can put a due date, you can assign the accountability, and you can give some info around the task, which I think a lot of people will just 
delegate something, and where it breaks down is that they weren't clear overall in what they needed and when they needed to buy and how long they thought it would take <laughs> to do something like that. So you know what I call that? A drive-by delegation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So don't do a drive-by <laughs> delegation. <laughs> from the assistant point of view, which is my roots, where I come from, it's really helpful if you do two other things. One, share the big picture around the task. So a lot of the times we are just given various tasks to do, and it's very hard to totally get involved in that task if we don't have the big picture of how it plays into some larger goal. Mm-hmm. It's also more motivating to understand how your piece contributes to the overall puzzle. So any time that you can share how this piece plugs in, super helpful. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we tell clients to try and delegate the result. So rather than tell someone exactly how to do the task, how you would want the task done, there's time and place for, you know, when we're developing automation and things like that and systems, we want to flesh out the process. But when you're just giving someone a task, like I assigned Georgia, find some gymnastic studios in the area, I'm not going to tell her exactly how to do it. (laughs) I'm going to let her kind of have the integrity to figure it out on her own. And it's interesting, people will approach it in different ways that maybe you'd never considered. First of all, remote or not, virtual or not, those are three absolutely brilliant, brilliant rules for delegation to anybody at any time. So I want to repeat them because those are so incredibly powerful. So number one, always be clear on your expectations, which you elaborate on, which included how long should it take? By when does it need to get done? What were some of the other considerations that you said as well? Just some basic info around what you'd like the end product to be. Great. So I always say, what does it look like when it's done and done well? So perfect. That's a great result. Number two, share the big picture so the person understands the context in which they're doing the activity or the task. It's also more motivating. And lastly, delegate the result. In other words, don't tell someone how to build the watch. (laughs) Let them (laughs) use their own creativity to come up with a way to approach the task or the problem or the result in a way that's maybe different than how you did it. Exactly. Oh, those are fabulous rules for delegation. Thank you for sharing those. Oh, love it. Yeah. Is there anything else in terms of timeliness or being nice? I don't know. What are some other things that cause friction between, I don't care what kind of assistant now at this point, what should people just be aware of? Yeah, just a few thoughts, maybe not as formalized as those three, but when you're working virtually, so much is implied. Communication is critical. And so if you're only communicating an email, Things can get misread, misunderstood, so it's kind of important. And from our side, we always try to do at least a weekly call with clients so that you're actually talking to them and it's not just on email. Mm -hmm. So just being aware of the limited communication that could happen via email and trying to make some accommodations to actually talk to the person. I completely agree with that because I know, and again, this can happen between two floors of people in a company. (laughs) Technically, they can be in the same building, but they could be miles apart from how they're communicating. There's a rule, which I would like to see more enforced with everyone, is that if there's anything touchy or has some energy behind it, do not do it by email. In black and white, things look much, much harsher than they are in person. And that person, well, it doesn't usually respond immediately, so they can't hear your tone of voice. So I think that personal check-in just, I'm sure, gives everyone confidence and gives much more dimensionality to that relationship than just an email communication. Yeah, and I think so many of us are trying to get off of email. At least one of my goals is to only be using email for communication and not tasks. Mm. So using a different tool for tasks. And another interesting way to kind of delegate that we're using with a different strategic coach client is 
using voice notes instead of email. She hates email. She doesn't want to deal with it. <laughs> so there's a tool called Voxer, and she'll actually, like, just like you would send a text message or an email, she'll speak it into the message, and then it goes to her assistant as a task to complete. So it's a different way of working. I love that. Is it like leaving a voicemail? It's like walkie-talkie almost. You don't have to call into a number and wait for the tone and all that. You just It's an app. You put it on your phone. You tell what you need done, and then it gets to your assistant. I'm going to do that right after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Thank you. You're in that zone where you're just finding neat, cool technologies and new apps are coming out moment by moment that make productivity and life easier. Plus, you know, I have a large team at this point, and we have a shared database of tools that we love, why we love them, how we use them. So we kind of integrate our knowledge that way, too. Isn't that great? Now, well, I want to go back to something you said earlier, which really kind of struck me, is that your organization is one of helpers. They really love to help people. And I think that's kind of special. Can you talk about your team a little bit more? Yeah. So our team goes through a pretty rigorous interview process and then onboarding process. <laughs> We kind of weed people out from the get-go in terms of are they a fit for this kind of work? Are they people that can handle being in a support role and understand the value that they bring to the equation? And are they kind of detailed strategic thinkers? So that's the type of person that we look for. Mm -hmm. And then we actually have them start with really basic tasks that they're not interfacing with our clients or anything like that. They're literally just doing the tasks. And eventually the relationship grows and they evolve to a point where they are managing clients. And at that point, we've trained them in our methodology of how to work with clients and how to think strategically and all that. I love it. So they really get to marinate in your whole system before they actually are client-facing. Right, because so much of the relationship, the success of the relationship, involves their role. So we want them trained in all of our methods. Mm-hmm. I love that. Obviously, I want to encourage people to delegate everything as much as possible to whatever resource is best for them. But you've done some really powerful thinking about it, which is why I love picking your brain about it. And one of the things that you do with clients, so that's how you kind of vet people working for your organization, but you also have a really neat way of onboarding your clients too. Right. So we have a couple of tools that we use when the clients come in. One is really just intending to gather the info that we need to do the job. We asked some interesting questions on that sheet, but it's really mostly about logins and preferences and who are the key people in your business. So getting all that to actually perform the, the role. Then the second part happens on what we call a kickoff call, where we work to understand the client's business. We ask them to share about their goals and what they're trying to accomplish. And then we come up with a customized delegation action plan. And that form actually is created by us individually for every single client comes out of the notes from the call, and we basically structure the notes into an actual plan of attack. So it's not just about delegating a task. It's about we're doing this task for you to support this goal, mm -hmm. and it keeps everyone accountable to who's doing what. That's powerful. And then there's a follow-up process as well, is there not? Yes. We have a client advocate that checks in with clients and kind of holds everyone accountable to their action plan. As we start to wind down what's in the action plan, we'll schedule a new call to kind of rehash the next step. That's great. Keep improving it. Mm, that's powerful. So if someone is looking to work with someone like you or someone else, they really kind of 
ultimately, this makes sense as a process for you. Think about really what you want. How do you set up the way to connect with each other? And I love how concrete and tangible your plan is because then everyone can go sign off and go, yes, this is what I'm expecting. This is what I'm delivering. And you're both literally on the same page. Right. And I think from the client side, there needs to be a basic commitment to the process. So there's an expectation that you're going to be an active participant in the process because we can't do our jobs if you're MIA or (laughs) you're not clear about what you're trying to achieve. Well, and that's actually a great don't as well, because that's don't be vague. (laughs) Don't be unavailable. I think those are really powerful things to remember as well. And then also, I would want people to be appreciative of what you're providing for them to say thank you and to appreciate the leverage and support that gets provided. That is the icing on the cake, I think, as innate helpers, like to just know that what we did actually helped the client. That goes so far with, I know my team. Mm, That's wonderful. And I know, I mean, at least all clients I spend time with are very gratitude-focused people for the most part. They're very appreciative of being supported. That goes back, just to tie this back to unique ability teamwork, I can be very confident and very clear in my unique ability and very confident, but then I'm also extraordinarily humble about everything I'm not good at doing, which frankly is a lot more activities. So when someone actually will help me with that, I am so grateful. (laughs) Yeah, It just frees me up, it leverages me, creates peace of mind, which a couple of things you said today was, oh yeah, I wouldn't have to worry about that anymore. I find that that relationship or that way of thinking about it is very helpful. And then people want to support you when you have that attitude. Oh, I want to bounce this off you and see what you think. One of the things I was talking about this with a team yesterday, we were talking about delegating. One person was really having trouble letting go of the word mundane that <laughs> came up. Mm-hmm. Really what he meant was routine. And he thought other people thought what he was doing mundane. He actually really enjoyed it, but he still needed to move to the next level. So this is this whole delegation tussle in his head. His big insight was he needed to delegate more. And a lot of it was the fact that when we call things mundane, we actually devalue it. And someone who actually might have gone, yes, let me add this, puts their hand down because you just said it wasn't a very meaningful activity. Right. Whereas the truth of it is, It's just the fact that you don't like it. It's not that it's not important. It's just that you don't like it or aren't any good at it. Right. Yeah, I mean, we find our clients aren't necessarily disorganized. (laughs) They're just overwhelmed. Mm. So it becomes, you know, where is your value best used? And those are the things that you need to be focusing on. And then what we want to do is identify the other pieces of what's happening. So beyond the goals, we're looking for things you're doing that someone else could do, things you're doing that we could automate or systematize, So it's kind of like a three-pronged approach. So it sounds like there's a big increase in both productivity and efficiency by partnering up with you or someone like you. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, and to your earlier point about giving good feedback, I think any time that you've delegated a task to someone and then, like, everyone's kind of moved on, but that comes to fruition in some way in the future, give them that feedback. That kind of makes the support come full circle. Mm, That's a really good point. Yes. Always remember to let people know what happened. Again, you keep spurring new thoughts with me. One of the big dangers in delegation that I've found was something we named, and you probably remember this, is the open file syndrome. Mm -hmm. This is where you've asked for something to get done. The other person is probably very accountable and does it, but somehow you didn't get the communication loop closed. But sounds like your system eliminates that problem. We have an agenda that we use for our weekly check-in calls, so following a basic agenda to kind of make sure that that doesn't happen is helpful. Mm -hmm. 
and using something like Asana, again, where you can see, like, nothing's getting checked off until it's completed. So it would still be sitting in there as open. Got it. Evolution. So there's something you can check immediately. You've also got an actual phone call to do it. Now, do you guys use Skype or FaceTime or any kind of visual communication tools as well? Yeah, our management team, we use Skype all day long, every day. <laughs> <laughs> if we have to talk to the team, we'll usually Skype them. When we do our team calls, we use a platform called Fuse, which allows us to have 20-plus people on video on the call with screen share with the ability to record the calls. That's a little more reliable for larger groups. I need to talk to you more because you are such a wealth of resources for technology. I wish I'd known about that months ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Lots of choices. (laughs) Yes, there are, and you've tested them all, which is fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also how you work with your team. And this is really kind of cool for me to think about. So not only do you run a company of remote slash virtual assistants that support clients remotely, but that's how you work as well. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sitting here all alone in my office in New Jersey. (laughs) My management team is, I have another manager in New Jersey, one in Harrisburg, one in Florida. So we're kind of managing across the country, and then our team spreads from East Coast to West Coast. Wow, that is just amazing. And we all work from home, which is also cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. So if someone is thinking about finally making that leap to delegate or supplementing their delegation, just to wrap up, what are some key takeaways? What do you really want people to remember, especially when they're thinking about having someone do it remotely? What do you want to let people know? That I think there's lots of solutions. So there shouldn't be an excuse for not delegating (laughs) because there's totally flexible, easy ways to delegate and lots of great companies and tools that you can use. So that's one. Two would be don't be afraid to start the process even if you don't think you can figure out where to start because at least at my firm, we will help you figure that out. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I think don't hesitate on getting help. I know almost any client of ours you would speak to would say that once they started delegating, the business kept growing, and I can personally say that. As I've added more and more layers to my business, it just keeps growing. So it's a growth strategy. It's a foundation for growth, I should say. I love that. And I think that's so key, especially since so many of our clients are on a growth path, be it 10 times or just multiplying in general, that when we add resources, we add capability. And out of that capability comes growth. I want to tie back into something you just said, because I just had the chance to be interviewed on a podcast, which was so much fun with Michael and Tim on their Strategic Entrepreneur podcast. And one of the questions that Tim asked me, he said, when should people delegate? And I said, well, that's a really interesting question. I haven't answered it this way before. I said, the moment you start to procrastinate on something is when you need to delegate. Right. Which I wanted to see what you thought about that. (laughs) I was going to say always. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because the moment you put one thing aside to do something else, then you know that's something that's not in your unique ability wheelhouse. And that's the time to look for when to get it off your plate. And I know Pretty much anyone I talk to has something that they procrastinate about, if not 15 or 20. So that's kind of the clue. So I love that there's no reason not to delegate, even if you don't quite know what you're doing yet. Yeah, and I think reframing your thoughts around tasks. So yes, you could totally do it yourself. There's no reason why you can't. But there's also 500 other things that need to get done. So something's got to give in there if you want to have a life. So you know, I always hear that all the time. Well, I could just do it myself. You could, but you could also be out, you know, meeting somebody for coffee that's going to lead to business instead of searching for gymnastics 
classes in South Jersey. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? awesome. Or no, you could be on the phone doing a strategic coach interview. <laughs> yes. Instead of searching for gymnastics classes. <laughs> oh, I like that example a lot. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, Emily, you have been just a wealth of information. So thank you so much for sharing just the whole scope and scale of how people can delegate both to an in-person live executive assistant beside you all the way to on-demand and dedicated, which is what you are, really a strategic support team, which I think is really powerful. And just all the ins and outs and do's and don'ts and technology that you use, that has just been so helpful. And I've learned a lot in terms of new resources and even just how to think about delegation and some key rules for that. So thank you for sharing that with us. So I have learned a lot from you, and I'm sure that people want to be in touch with you and learn more and sign up for your blog. So can you give us your contact information and how people can learn more about what you do and just the world of working with remote support team? Yeah, sure. So our website is www.delegatesolutions.com. So it's plural. My phone number is 814-367-3827. And my email is just emily at delegatesolutions.com. And you have help with that email, right? (laughs) I have very strategic help with that email. (laughs) And you can watch us go through this process on our blog right now. We're talking about the strategy around delegating email. Okay, that is fantastic. Well, Emily, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your wisdom. And I'm thrilled that you're a strategic coach client and that you work with strategic coach clients and that you're well aware of free folks and buffer days. So for those of you listening who are in the coach program, there's a natural advantage there. And for those of you who are thinking about just how to maximize and multiply your business, I'm sure Emily has given you a ton of reasons how and why to take action to make sure you leverage yourself. Really, this is about how you can scale yourself. Time is finite, energy is finite, and by taking advantage of all the incredible opportunity around you, each of us and our businesses can become much, much more scalable. So Emily, thank you very much for helping figure out the pathway for how to do that. I'm so honored. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a million. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.